I'm Quen Kleinfelter, and this is Curiosity, where WDET answers the questions posed by listeners like Gross Point Park's Michelle Hodges. Being a lifelong Detroiter, I feel so knowledgeable about my community, except for when I traverse a portion of Macomb County that has Jewish cemeteries um, located there. So wanting to be a better, more knowledgeable Detroiter and sensitive certainly to the cultural and religious aspects of my community, I need to know more about that. The man who knows the most about it sits in a car alongside a block-long stretch of roadway by Gratiot Avenue and 14 Mile in Macomb County. Rabbi Baruch Levine, my title is Executive Director of Hebrew Benevolent Society. Levine turns his car into Hebrew Memorial Park, driving past thousands of upright gravestones set tightly together, some bearing the names of the famous and the infamous. You ever hear of the Purple Gang? They say they're buried here too. Purple Gang all the way over to, to, to esteemed rabbis and... Uh, Got some politicians in here, some senators. There's 35 acres of property here with 27,000 graves, by many accounts the largest Jewish cemetery in the Midwest. It's more than a century old, created when Jews drawn to Mount Clemens for its renowned mineral vests found a parcel of land large enough to bury Jews from Macomb County and Detroit. But even then, in 1916, funerals and burials were costly. Levine says one man in particular vowed that money should not determine the decency of a resting place a man named Samuel Sandweiss. He couldn't handle the fact that they were just thrown into Potter's Field. So he got together with 10 other people, and he decided, we're going to take care of these burials. So he organized this, this organization, which was called Hebrew Benevolent Society, from people's donations to take care of families who could not afford any of the uh, expenses involved with funerals. I'll show you his grave. Levine drives along a winding roadway through pristine grounds before stopping near a weathered white building. And right behind that, that white building, that's the Founders Monument. Samuel Sandweiss, that's him. He gestures a few feet away where a monument shaped like a scroll marks one of several places in the massive cemetery where books and papers considered holy in Judaism are buried. Then Levine moves towards another gravestone, this one honoring those who faced the most unholy of situations. Right next to that monument, we'll, uh, we'll go closer, is a monument for bones and bone fragments from the Holocaust. I don't think anyone has that. They're little fragments of bones. We put it into a casket, opened the casket up, and we put divisions of this from this city, from this city, from this city and some of that was scooped up from the crematoriums. It was a major find to have the ability to bury. It's like the unknown soldier. We don't know whose body's there, right? Some of them, we knew which city they came from, so we, we, we put that into the casket. Levine leans forward, peering at the inscription on the polished monument. Herein lies the remains of unknown innocents who perished al Kiddush Hashem, which means the fact that they were Jewish and they died only because they were Jewish in the concentration camps of Auschwitz, Buchenwald, right? Dachau and Tremblinka. Their souls ascended, but their bodies found no resting place. May the memory of all six million Kedoshim, Kedoshim means holy people, be blessed, and may they find peace in their heavenly abode. The bottom in Hebrew says, God should take revenge. But the cemetery acres hold memories for many others as well. Metro Detroiter Amy Elliott Bragg says she tracked down her great-grandfather's grave to a resting place in the cemetery. There were all of these sort of subplots within the larger cemetery for different congregations, for different fraternal organizations, and all of the plots have kind of their own ornate gateworks and fences and their own little communities at home within the larger cemetery plot. It's really visually striking. 
These families died out. These clubs, they became diluted and they didn't last. So they came to us and they said, can you take care of our cemeteries? And they gave us whatever they had. Sometimes they gave us nothing. Sometimes they gave us debt. But we took care of whatever we had to take care of, and we absorbed all these cemeteries as part of Hebrew Memorial Park. Levine says other Jewish cemeteries in Metro Detroit have asked the Benevolent Society to take over their grave sites. But he says it's often cost prohibitive for a nonprofit society. He estimates the upkeep for Hebrew Memorial Park alone runs about $400,000 a year. Yet Levine notes some portions of the cemetery are literally priceless. He stops his car beside a humble building that has become an international shrine. This is an amazing story. This little hut has in it the grave of Rabbi Yochanan Perlau. He died while he was on a trip to Detroit, and they opened up his suitcases and they found that he had shrouds inside the suitcase. So everybody thought that he wanted to be buried here if he dies here. So they buried him here, even though his, the, the movement was, was more in New York and in Israel. On the anniversary of his death, two or three hundred of his group come and visit the grave on the anniversary of his death every year. It's a major operation, two, three hundred people coming in from New York, from Toronto, from, from all over, everybody comes. I'd be happy to take you in there and you can see it firsthand. here. It's a holy place. People come here, they cry, they pray, they, they unload their burdens, and they ask him to help bring the prayers up to God. Levine waves his arm, taking in special sections of the massive graveyard set aside for children, for veterans of wars, even a wooded area for those who want a green burial in a forested glade. It's a wonderful place. It really is. I mean, hard to say that about a cemetery. It's also the answer to the curiosity query posed by Michelle Hodges. Next time I drive by there, it's going to be with much more reverence, and I'll probably have to do a head bow knowing what's there. If there's a story you'd like WDET to unearth, let us know. You can post your question at wdet.org slash curious. I'm Quinn Kleinfelter.